This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You have a Wednesday live cast on Twitch. Also, you can catch us on YouTube and you can download the podcast on iTunes. However you consume the media, we say thank you. Of those ways. Mm-hmm. They consume it in other ways you don't thank them. No. Shame on you. That doesn't even yeah. help you. What are you getting on Napster or something? <laughs> Stealing it? AOL Online. Downloading it. <laughs> Check out this podcast I saw. <laughs> uh, so with me are these two hunky gentlemen. I've got the Salty Banana. Hello. And Joffrey. Hello. Uh, famous for being the unbearable prince, uh, second, Storm. first son of Cersei Lannister. Yeah, I have Ooh. never heard that. Yeah. He also plays a game called mm. um, Stormcast. Stormcast, at which he is quite mediocre. There's uh, a game apparently for it. You guys should have worked this up a lot better. <laughs> yeah. This is the like son of Cersei, Stormcast. Like. The intro is the, the hardest part. Uh, no, it's not. That was great. So uh, that was great. <laughs> that was good stuff, guys. So at any rate, we have a lot to go over today, and primarily amongst those is the new Adeptus Mechanicus Codex, which is coming up uh, this weekend. It is now available for pre-order. If you do want to pick it up, you can do so from Frontline Gaming at a discount, and we do offer free shipping in the continental United States for orders ninety-nine dollars and up. And uh, this book is. Pretty dang amazing. I know a lot of people expressed some disappointment that it didn't come with new models. I do get that. But uh, what you get in this book is fantastic. And you should be really, really excited because as an Adeptus Mechanicus player, uh, you just leveled up in a big way. So let's go ahead and jump in. Before we dig into the nuts and bolts of the uh, rules and all the fun stuff, the stratagems, all the cool things that you can expect to see there, uh, why don't we talk a little bit a little bit about the, the backstory. And our resident fluffer is the salty banana. That's right. The salty you, banana. Got, you got it right, finally. Full <laughs> <whole> title. <laughs> I like how raw Jason like escaped some of the names he gave himself, and it only it only gets to the salty banana. Right. Which is another name you're gonna spend ten years trying to escape. He embraced. I embraced. He it. embraced the. Banana. Well, he embraced raw dogger for a while too. That is it, true. It got to a point where it's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I, it's not I'm friendly. on the phone with people buying models for children, and they're asking to talk to Jason is Raw this, Dogger. Is this the Raw Dog? Is this the guy who raw dogs? I'm like, <laughs> hey, Raw Dog. Do me, do me a favor. Don't Google that. Just uh, don't don't look up it's what it Jason. means. <laughs> it's. Also known as Jason. Also known as Clown Baby. Clown Baby. <laughs> But that's from It's Always Sunny, though. So it's it's really also fair. very... He was, he was Clown Baby Rock in the ye old days. That was my Bella Lost Souls. That was his bold troll. Really? I, I got banned from Bella Lost Souls comment section. This is funny. Like you three have to or four try years ago, really hard. How did you get banned? Banned for a year? It was like a thousand years, it said. Like, I tried to log in. Like, some some ridiculous... of the comments were there that don't get banned? The fact that you got banned. Oh. I don't know how I got banned. I called somebody... I said oh. they sounded fat or something like that. <laughs> 
and that was it. That Listen, was enough. That you can, you can hate every rules that ever gets discussed there, but if you call someone fat, all right. You yeah. could be as rude as possible to anybody else, but uh, yeah. That was a, a You comment on their fictional weight because you have no idea what they look like. Right. Oh, uh, so anyway, let's take a let's take a journey down the fluff lane yeah. of the Adeptus Mechanicus. Sure. So uh, the Mechanicus began on Mars back. Uh, this is before the Emperor. Uh, Jeff is also a, uh, an expert here, so you can fill yep. in. Um, so before it. the Emperor, before anything else, when humanity had all this technological <clears throat> uh, genius going, humanity went to Mars, uh, founded it. That's kind of like a forge world. They terraformed it. They had the technology to do so, uh, and. It was a nice, prosperous, um, you know, productive part of humanity at that point. Um, then you had, of course, the, uh, is it the Age of Strife? Is that what it's called? The, when all the <clears throat> storms emerged, and it kind of cut off communications between all planets, including Mars, um, for years. I think hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, yeah, so thousands. Humanity, yeah, thousands. It was, so humanity had branched off everywhere um, throughout the galaxy. Started um, and everyone had communications. It was great. Humanity was like the, the zenith of their. That was the golden the age height. of technology. Um, this is before the emperor, by the way. Yep. And um, and then we had the warp storms that came and cut off communication everywhere, including for Mars. Um, and what happened is Mars um, basically, I think, just went into like a civil war kind of deal where they started fighting against each other, um, and they irradiated the planet, their bombs and whatnot, um, drove everything underground in Mars. Uh, the only people to really uh, survive were the tech priests. Uh, they all kind of founded their own little uh, dynasties all over the planet. Um, and this is all, again, without communication from Earth or anywhere because nobody was, everyone's cut off. Um, and eventually the planet turns into what we know now, which is just, you know, they, they, they start worshiping um, technology as a god. Um, and then when the warp source is clear and the emperor starts branching out again, um, of course, Mars reestablishes communication with Earth and... Uh, and we had the partnership. And Mars, the guys on Mars um, saw a lot of potential in the Emperor. Um, they, yeah. they saw him as an well, ally. To like, wait yeah. A lot of potential is a way of putting they, it. They, they saw a lot of potential in this guy. <laughs> and they're like, hey, they're like, he I was like, their candidate. I like the cut of your gym. <laughs> yeah. Guy. Yeah, he comes in and like, you know, like it just uh, he materializes in front of him. They're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's <laughs> he's got guy. Going. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got that little, little extra something. He's got the <laughs> X factor, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, we weren't sure about humanity. The, the emperor shows up and pops his collar. Like, He's like, "Hey, nerds, we're gonna go conquer the galaxy." You know right? What? Gonna, um, you are my god. Is what we're gonna do here. Yeah. So uh, the emperor gets established communication. They see him as like part of the machine spirit god because he's magical, apparently. Um, and this well is a said. paraphrase, by the way. Okay. And uh, so uh, they start helping uh, the emperor and his armies um, go out into the universe. And, and start reestablishing contact and, and all that kind of stuff that's going on during, um, I don't know what the age is called, some age. It's age kind of important to note they call it like an alliance, I think, with Mars, right? They, they don't do. Even, they, they don't, not, they don't bring them in. They like ally it's with them. It's the dawn of the Imperium is when this is all occurring. Right. So, and and they're, they're, such a, they're set apart from humanity at this point. They're more machine than anything else. And so they are allies with humans. Yeah. Um, then the Horus Heresy happened, which we all know and love. Horus came in, did his thing. Um, and just like everyone else, the Mechanicum split off into two factions, some people with Horus, some people with the Emperor. They fight um, on Mars, and actually Mars itself had turned against the Emperor um, during the Horse Heresy, which is pretty cool. Um, and then after the Heresy, they're just like everyone else. We have the Dark Mechanicum, we have the Mechanicum um, that are still out there, and they're just part of the Imperium. Now, again, they're not really part of the Imperium, they're allies. So yeah. they do their own thing, and they'll help, they'll help humanity out 
when it suits them. Mm. But basically, they're they're their own race. They do their own thing. They're out for knowledge. They try to. One of the big things that they are into nowadays. Uh, one thing they're really they're sampling a lot of uh, craft beers. <laughs> they craft like, beers. Um, but they're also looking for like lost technology. STC. Yes. Yeah. St. C, I think. Yeah, not, really. Not, not they D. found the STC for a wicked C. craft brew. Yeah. Um, Standard template down craft at, brew. Down from PB. Ooh, and, uh, got that IPA. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about it yet. Good. So, I would imagine that if they did make beer, it would be the best beer. Would it, though? They, they're like so. The joke about them is they're so detached from their humanity that mm-hmm. it might very well just be like oil. <laughs> it's just like, you know, pure alcohol. I like it a lot of books. The, the joke about them, though, alcohol. is that they'll, they're like... They are so out of touch. Bit. Like one person will look human, but is their brain processes things like a million times faster than a human. Yeah. So I think it was a Dan Abnett book, but the character was like interested in her, but she was like, I'm not, you, you bore me and I'm sorry. I, I think on things at levels that you can't comprehend. Yeah, because their uh, they're cogitators are all uh, digital and mechanical, actually. They use a lot of uh, uh, mechanical technology, but... They are they are kind of detached and remote from humanity, but they ultimately they've got they've got our back. Yeah, you know I mean, and the space marines send people there to learn um, how to you know repair old vehicles and everything. That's where the tech, tech marines, marines come in. Yeah. And then when the tech marines come back, it's funny they always mention how like they're completely different than they were when they left because they become more like machinery the, the machinery than they were uh, before they left, and that's just from picking it up from Mechanicum and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting though too, like the kind of the central character Belisarius Call. He was uh, old before the emperor even came onto the scene, so yes. he's he's watched basically the whole thing unfold. Um, really interesting character, super sci-fi to the max. He's got multiple like copies of his brain. Um, he communicates with himself across vast distances with like these crazy unbreakable codes because it's things that only he would know. It really pretty pretty cool. Yeah, they're saying I was reading. Uh, they have a lot of good detail fluff on him, and they're saying how he just knows things. He doesn't know how he knows them, but he just yeah. is like, "Well, I must have learned this a long time ago, and I just know it because like, he's so old and he hibernates and like it's just it's crazy." And it's in seventh, cool that, that was how they manipulated him. I guess the Eldar were like reawakening memories at moments to try and get him to think that this thing's true. Like kind of fun stuff that way. Yeah, he, he's so old that it's like he forgets things how that are tremendously. Uh, important. I don't know if they actually quantify it specifically. They just, uh, and I could be wrong, but I believe they say that he was old before the emperor even like showed up. Yeah. Because um, the age of strife at, lasted for thousands of years. That's right. So, uh, really interesting faction. Uh, a lot of fun. They have kind of a retro sci-fi look to them, which I really like the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have some really really interesting rules too. So, jumping into that kind of part of it. Um, Jeff and I, Jeff got to play his first game uh, yesterday. We did film a video bat rep. I've got a couple pictures in the show notes. I played my Scions with a Knight versus Jeff's uh, Admech. And a really, really interesting game, very telling game. Obviously, uh, as you guys know, Frankie and I have played them quite a bit. But uh, it's neat to see other people um, rediscover, kind of discover them for the first time. And honestly, for us to kind of refresh our memory, because it's been a while since we uh, were playing them a lot. And... The book has just so much to offer. I know there's some naysayers out there, which, you know, obviously there always is, but there's people who are trying to like write off either parts of or the entire faction without, you need to go play it first. Like there's so much good stuff in this book. You get so much, like you didn't get new models. 
but you know, GW is always making new kits. I would assume eventually you're going to get some cool stuff. What you got here sets the framework for a great army. It's a really unique feeling for me. Like Adeptus Mechanicus in seventh edition was for the most part, a lot of people aren't going to like this answer, but like if you wanted to be competitive, if you wanted to win, it was the war convocation. There was like a few other things you kind of could do, but you were the one off. And this, it's a weird feeling where I'm like looking at this. And I'm like, I want a full unit of Castellans. I love call. I love my model call. I love the chicken walkers. I, I like Reese was talking about infiltrators. There's so much you actually cannot put it in a list. And that's actually, that's fun, but in a weirdly frustrating way. Cause I do want to play with them. I want to do a 20 priest, uh, Kurpuskari bomb as well, but that doesn't fit in everything. So, uh, onagers are cool. Like it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a fun place to be in. Yeah. This is a really, really good, uh, army. Uh, you could play it like a pure, uh, army. That's the way I usually prefer to play where you just have nothing but ad mech. And you can be really competitive. They have a couple of weaknesses, and we'll talk about that. But just to kind of give like a broad strokes overview of the book. Now, if you want a really in-depth breakdown, we have one over at FrontlineGaming.org. You can jump in the Tactics Corner section of the, the site. There's tons of really informative articles there. And we have a link to it in the show notes where it's like unit by unit, power by power, almost comprehensively. So we won't do that in the show. If you want to go get a lot more information, you can. We're going to do some broad strokes here. But... You know, kind of like big picture, your uh, army-wide ability is your canticles. Now, the canticles on their own, and I'm interested to hear your yeah. feedback, they kind of suck, right? Yep. Like, they're, they're not bad. I mean, you're getting a benefit. Dude, there's just a lot that are, that are irrelevant, like a lot of rerolling ones. Well, if you have call out there, you're okay. If you're in close combat, uh, you know, command points can kind of mitigate that, so there's some crossover there. The thing that I'm sure you're going to talk about is like Shroud Psalm is obviously very good. And then for me, it's specifically that you get it at the top of the turn. So if you're going second, this is still relevant. If you're going first, of course, that's nice as well. But that just gives you a little extra something, even if you aren't going first, which in 8th edition is a very big deal. Yeah, this army can stand and take it on the chin uh, with a, a, an Alpha Strike. Now, I'm sure that there's people out there like, well, but this one thing will get them. Uh, in our game uh, last night, I, I uh, don't want to spoil too much, um, but Jeff took a massive punishing volley of firepower and shrugged it off. So um, they really do have staying power. Now, to that effect, like what we're talking about is like the Canicles Shroud Psalm number four. It's the best one. I think most people will agree. Yep. It, you're, everybody gets cover. Now, to, to, to trigger this, a detachment has to be entirely admech. You have to be a Battleforged army. A detachment's all ad mech. You roll or pick um, one of the, the canicles. If you pick, you can't pick the same one twice. Um, if you're not using uh, Mars, you're going to pick Shroud Psalm on turn one, usually. And um, everything gets covered. So you've got you know guys with three up, two up, sometimes one up saves. It's really crazy. They're, they're extremely durable. And um, with Mars, especially if you're using Belisarius Call, which I think a lot of people will, you roll 2d6, get both of them and, and you one. get plus or minus one to the roll. So you have like a 75% chance of getting uh, cover for your army every turn. And plus one strength is, you know, again, if you do get charged, that, that starts to make things uh, a little bit more impressive. Like your robots can be strength seven, your close combat priests can be strength six, which is all yeah. like, that's all, those are all impressive stuff. They all help, which is what Reese was saying, but obviously it's not the canticles of seventh edition where it was like, you know, plus two cover was ridiculous. You have things in the open with a two-up save and stuff. That's that's really, really strong. Yeah, it's, it's extremely good. Um, and that alone is reason to play Mars, in my opinion. 
because you get call and then you get the ability to really manipulate going from what is like like a, a I would say like a mediocre ability to an extremely good ability and they get one of the best strategies which I'm sure we'll talk about later oh, but yeah. like that's the other argument that's the third argument for why you will take Mars almost certainly yeah I'd take one detachment of Mars At and again least, yeah. in our game you'll see like Jeff obviously didn't have an army prepared for eighth edition why would you have and now that you have like your chapter tactics with your forge world dogmas which they get a surprisingly large amount of them. Yeah. Um, you really, 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 really need to be able to differentiate who's in what detachment. It just gets way too confusing to give you a, to give people kind of a, um, a, a, a parallel. It'd be like if you had an army of ultramarines, and you're like, well, these guys are actually white scars, and these guys are actually salamanders, and that those guys are actually ultramarines. And, like, whose aura works on who, right. like, what, it gets just too confusing. So you need to be able to differentiate who is who. But for people who have been playing armies that didn't have, you know, quote-unquote chapter tactics, it's a, it's a whole new yeah. thing, right? And your army's not painted this way, right? Why would it be? My whole army is painted Mars red, so it's nice that that is the dominating faction. But, like, I'm having some priests done up and some other stuff. They're going to have to be in uh, Lucius or Stygis, and I'm going to have to do some checks on bases or something because you cannot... We had it last night. Like we played despite that, and I almost cheated like three times. Anyways, yeah, on accident. Yeah, because it was like you know he has a Dominus, and like one of the Dune Crawlers gets hurt, mm -hmm. so the Dominus runs over and fixes it, and then it's like oh, and reroll once the hit. And anyway, I was like, wait a second, that guy's Stygies and that guy's Mars. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, shit. And it like that's why we put the rule in place in the ITC. It'll just get way too confusing, right? And and GW confirmed at Nova that everybody's getting you know chapter tactics. So imagine like horde armies where the units start to get mixed up. My right? nids are yellow, man. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to find the, you have to put stuff the on best the, one. You're going to have to put stuff on the base. Yeah, or like yeah. when orcs come out and they have the different clans. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's going to be really confusing. And then like the units are all painted the same, but they start to go into the same melee. Right. And you're like, who's getting affected by yeah. whose aura? Right. It just, you can't. It's going to be too confusing. Yeah. So um, uh, on into the book. Uh, a lot of the, th the things stayed the same. Now, one of the really bad, the, 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 one of the best changes I think that they made they gave you a cheap HQ, the Tech Priest Engines here, who's actually, Essential. he's actually quite good. And yeah. he lets you open up these detachments because these guys are detachment or command point hogs. Mm -hmm. You really want a lot of command points to get maximum effect because the magic here is your stratagems um, and your, your Forge World Dogmas too. Um, the Tech Priest Engines here comes in at like 52 points. He can fix Knights, which is really cool. Um, he well, vehicles, but knights is the kind of super yeah. secret. He's the only one that can fix knights. I guess Call can as well, because mm -hmm. he can fix any Imperial. Call can fix anything, man. For one, for one point. Yeah. Uh, the engine seer is decent in melee. He's got reasonable durability, but mostly he's cheap. Yeah, he's running behind the vehicles or the yeah. knight. You can make him your warlord and sit in the back if you're not using Call. Call, you're going to want him to be your warlord, mm -hmm. and um, he can just sit back and like repair your Doom Crawlers, which are an excellent like yeah. Yeah. main battle tank. Uh, you've got a uh, wide selection of troops. I think uh, Rangers and Vanguard are great. I think Rangers are probably going to be the most prevalent one because yeah. they're cheap. They have a longer range gun. I think Vanguard are really good for just bare bones units to run forward and get objectives because they have a lot of shots. Uh, and they have, a, a, they have a, a toughness debuff. Yeah. So the toughness debuff is actually really good in conjunction with other units like Infiltrators or Strike 6. So if you can get Vanguard in there with the Infiltrators, they're wounding toughness 4 guys on 2s. Makes a big difference. Uh, but the the Rangers, Jeff, you might want to talk about it. Yeah. The the damn Arquebus is like, it's exceptional. Well, they're cheap troops. They have a six up invul, and like we were saying, the Arquebus is a twenty five point upgrade. Uh, 
very long range strength seven minus two d3 damage sniper rifle which is so important in this meta i think i could see people taking admech detachments almost specifically just for them because that wouldn't be expensive uh but like you know commissars uh chaos characters obviously gilliman is something we're thinking of um no like people look at it and they're like well you're not going to kill them in one volley no you're not but if you can constantly be just pecking away at them now all of a sudden they have to shoot at their troops which oftentimes have a three up um, because of the the shroud psalm, or they're just out of line of sight, or they're just not a desirable target. So, and because of that range, I think it's still sixty. Um, it's just ridiculous. So good. I'm so happy with that. Yeah, it's it's exceptionally good. Like a problem. The problem with a lot of sniper weapons is that if you're fighting someone who doesn't have a lot of good targets, they're not very good. But the the arquebus is good at killing vehicles. It's good at killing heavy infantry. Um, you're you're not going to sit there thinking like, oh man, I, I don't. I wish I hadn't have brought this yeah. weapon. Um, so I think the rangers are going to be really really prevalent. Um, I actually and Frankie does too. Likes the catafrons. I know they catch a lot of uh, flack. Um, the breachers and the destroyers. People like number crunch them, but they're one of those units that when you put it on the table, I think you'll find that they're a lot better than you think they are. They have some cool synergy. There's like a command. There's a stratagem to have them uh, go with the Castellans, and they are um, servitors. So there's also one of the factions that just lets you recycle them. So a big I, unit all of a sudden becomes a weird situation where like I don't want to shoot at that because they get it for free. Agrippina. Yeah. It's it. You can up to a unit of six. You can. I think it's two or three command points. You can recycle the whole unit, mm -hmm. bring them back on the table, and it doesn't use up any of your reserve points. So as long as one guy's left with one wound, they're you, not bad too with call i mean you see you have a big unit in the back with the plasma culverins um and you're re-rolling your hits um so you can overcharge it and feel pretty safe doing that yeah the only problem with them shooting is they are price hogs and they overlap a little bit so it's like this damage is really cool well your castellans your onagers they can kind of do that damage to mm -hmm. your uh dragoons so right. well these guys are troops and yeah. i actually really like the heavy grav cannon to play them more aggressively to go up the table mm -hmm. Frankie actually really likes the breachers because when we were playing, when we were um, testing them, we found that the heavy arc rifle is actually really good. Mm. They do D it's a uh, two shots D six damage against vehicles, mm. and they're not that expensive for a unit that's relatively tough and has decent melee. Yeah. So they're they're really not that expensive, and you just ram up the table with them to go aggressively get. Objectives, they ignore the penalty for moving and shooting. Three up save, which with the canicles can oftentimes be two they're ups, tough five. Yeah. With, with uh, three wounds of pop, they're not bad. Yeah. And they don't lose, they shoot heavy weapons without a penalty. Yep, and their, their melee is decent, yeah. right? And then the destroyers, um, you can either take the plasma, and if you're in the Ryza Forge World, mm -hmm. they go plus one damage and plus one wound. Wow. It's brutally oh, punishing. Plus one wound, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Either three damage a pop, it's nuts. Yeah. And then the heavy grav, you get five shots. It's not bad. I know, like, from a pure efficiency standpoint, you're going to see a lot more Rangers and Vanguard. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the point being, if you take Catafrons, you're not going to be like, I'm a dummy. I shouldn't, you know no. what I mean? Like, oh, it's a good unit. Yeah. I mean, I would give them, so I was thinking with the Destroyers, give them the, um, the Plasma and then the, um, the Cogus Flamers. So multitask at that yeah. point. Like, if you needed to run up, push up in the middle of the board, somebody puts their troops up on an objective, just run oh, up and you get all the Flamers. Um, not bad. Not bad at all. Agris Vita says Grav is dead, and I 100% I disagree. Uh, and the reason why Grav is not dead is because it's good at killing hordes, get five shots at AP3. So even conscripts in cover are getting nuked. Yeah. And if you're fighting vehicles, uh, they're not as good as they were, thankfully, because it was stupid before. Right. Um, they're still really good. Uh, you'll see a lot of Grav featured in 
um, uh, armies like mine with Lias, where you drop down with Devastators, because you get so many dang shots. They're, 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 they, they're better against hordes than heavy bolters, but they're expensive because they're so versatile. Um, moving on into the elites, you've got a lot of, of, of choices, and I think this is where things get the most contentious. Mm. Uh, like we were debating, I think that infiltrators are an all-star unit. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was like a little bit on the fence, but any unit in 8th edition that has its own delivery mechanism built in is amazing. Yeah. These guys deep strike natively. You don't have to take Lucius, which Lucius is a Forge World Dogma that's going to be really popular, because for one command point, you can deep strike a unit. But with the infiltrators that deep strike on their own, you can put them in a Mars detachment, take a unit of 10, um, which I think is well worth it. And they get uh, five shots a piece, which you can use the insanely powerful Wrath of Mars stratagem, cost two CP, and any six to wound, you do a mortal wound in addition to normal damage. So a unit like this with 50 shots, and you can give them plus one to hit with another stratagem. And if there's a Dominus nearby, they're re-rolling ones, you have 97% accuracy. It's like, yeah, they're not, they're wounding on uh, fives against most things or sixes, but who cares? You're fishing for sixes. You want the sixes. Yeah. yeah. And then they go into combat and they have exploding sixes, which the same stratagem, give them plus one to hit. They're now exploding on fives, potentially wounding on uh, twos and threes. At 26 points a model, though, is the, but the, deep, the deep strike's good, like you said. They, they may be a couple points overpriced, maybe, but I think for what you get, these guys are extraordinarily good at killing screens. And they're really good at sweeping the backfield. Like you wait to deep strike them until turn two or three, when the when your opponent's army is perhaps advanced, and then if they've only got like scouts and cultists or tactical squads holding the backfield, these guys are going to annihilate them. Yeah, uh, and I, I think it's well worth it for the investment, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that, and Jeff, you're saying 26 points is quite a bit. As a Grey Knights player, I look at that, and it's about the same point cost as a Terminator, and much better. I, I better would, they, they actually might be. Cheaper than Four up save, two wins, tough three. It's just the, the output, the offensive output that they have. I mean, that is a you're all over it, huh? Well, they have eight inch move as well. And um, I, I would agree. I think that this is a, a, a generally speaking, a better a better buy. Yeah. Uh, for, for, I mean, for we are comparing it to a We're Grey Knight Terminator it. right now. Yeah. So I'm just saying from This yeah. is a little bit of a snake oil sales sure. pitch. Oh, get out of hey, here. Hey, you know what? That's a sales. I got a Grey Knight's. Terminator over here. They're just running all over the board. That's a sales tactic, Jeff. Uh, Jeff. So you say, like, look. You think that's terrible? How about is it? How is it compared to this Grey Knight Terminator? And they're like, oh, you know what? You're right. It's a great unit. You're like, yep. Yeah. And then you pull that Grey Knight. You put it back on the shelf where all the other ones are, and yeah. you give them an infiltrator. There you go. Uh, the I like the Cybernetic Data Smith though. Um, the Data so, Smith. Yeah. Some people like uh, spins command point to obviously switch the robots, but when you do that, they switch into a mode they can never switch out yeah. of again. Mm. The Data Smith is some flexibility. It's a decent character. It's obviously not great. If it was more than 52 points, I would never take one. But it fills up an elite slot. It makes the robots flexible. I kind of like it. He's yeah. pretty durable, too. He's a tough little bastard. And um, I, I don't think he's a bad buy, especially if you're trying to get a brigade, which a lot of people are going mm -hmm. to do. He's a good choice for your elite slot because yep. he's cheap. Um, I, I think you'll see less data smiths than you did before. Uh, but I, like Jeff, like you said, I agree. He's not bad. If he was an HQ choice, he'd be an all-star. He'd yeah. be like auto-take. Yeah. Um, Rust Stalkers are catching a lot of flack. Again, I don't think that they're an A-plus unit. But I. Th but I how do they compare to Grey Knight Terminators? Are well, they better or worse? Uh, I think they're better. There you no, go. No, <laughs> take off. Mortal Wounds. These, These are, are not. First. Mortal Wounds. These are not. You already hurt first. Jeff. I'll give you the infiltration. What about the Rust Stalkers Jeff, do you like? Jeff, we may have a couple of these on the shelf. Now, normally I wouldn't do this, but you're my friend. Would you rather have this 
were a great idea. I own huh? 20, and they're, the, the Jeff, um, Alpha is one of my favorite models. It's this so sick. Or a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Or a great night. Probably a kick in the nuts. <laughs> I still like to win. Kick in the nuts and a great night. <laughs> well, hang on now. Yeah. Slow, okay, now we're getting close. Uh, I actually think the Rust Talkers, like, again, this is not a unit that's going to be super optimal as it, as it is. But you're not going to be a dum-dum if you take it. Now, they do mortal wounds in combat. You might be a dum-dum. They're fast. What, and it, what I think you could use these guys for is a backfield uh, um, counter-assault unit. Or you can go run up and get objectives with them. And now, why I'm saying this is if you're a player out there that has Rust Talkers painted and you would like to use them, I don't think you're going to feel like a fool for putting them on the table. Are they the, the, the red-hot shit optimal unit in the book? No, no. I don't think so. But are they good as a counter-assault unit? Yes, because they can literally hurt anything in the game in melee. I think you won't see them in, like, if you're going to a tournament, you're like, I want to be mega competitive, you will not see them. But yeah. if you have them painted up and you don't care about winning the tournament, but you like to have fun, they're not going, like, there are units out there that you field them and you're like, I know, and they just fall on their face and die and it's like everyone laughs. That's not what they're going to do. It's, it's just one of these issues where, like, I look at them and I'm like, sure, uh, if they were, like, a unit 50 or 60 points less, but then I think of, of a countercharge unit, why would you not take the Electro Priests, which are so much better? Yeah. Well, there are a couple things. These guys have more wounds, and they're faster. Not tremendously faster, but they are faster, and when you're in a counter-assault role as a free safety, that's really important. Sure. Because typically speaking, what you do is you put the character central in your forces, and you wait to see where the pressure's coming, and then you counter. Um, jump troops are great for it. Bikes are great for it. So... The Electro Priests, the, the Fulgrite Electro Priests are a phenomenal unit. They, their damage output in melee is, is insane. D3 Mortal Wounds on a 6. It's crazy. Whereas, that is insane. On the, a Strength 5, minus 2 model yeah. anyways. And the Rust Stalkers are, um, uh, they're 1 Mortal Wound. Except their Cord Claw does D3. With 1 attack. With 1 attack. And only damage, not Mortal. So now the Electro Priests only have 2 attacks. No, it's, it is Mortal Wound. They all do Mortal Wounds. You're right. Yeah, the Rust Stalkers damage output is not... It, the, the, the kicker is not the mortal wounds, it's the, the AP2 mm -hmm. D3 damage on their normal attacks for the Electro Priest that sets them. And then a 6, an additional D3 mortal. Yes. But just their normal weapon is better. And to me, that's, yeah. that's the difference. They have a 5 plus plus, a 5 plus feel no pain. Against the one damage weapon, like a bolter, the Electro Priest has 5% better um, damage resistance. But the Rust Talker with a 4 plus, if he's in cover, which a lot of time you will be, his defense is better because he has two wounds. Mm -hmm. And any weapon that does multiple damage, um, the Electro Priest's defense starts to drop, drop yeah. dramatically. But the, the kicker is when the Electro Priests kill a unit and they go to a 3++, their durability goes off the, the charts. Um, and if you're, a, uh, if you're a gambling man and you're playing... Go on. We're already talking about yeah. Rust Talkers and Priests now. So. And you play... Um, uh, if, you, if you're willing to take the chance and you take a unit of 20 of these, and you're playing Stygies, and you spin the command point to infiltrate them, and you go first, good night. Oh, if you make that charge? Well, no, because you will. You'll be nine inches away, you'll move forward six. You have to make a three inch charge. You get to move six after deep strike? Well, no, infiltrating. Okay. Oh, so, infiltrate. Stygies. Oh. So if you go first, you have a, a coin flip, mm -hmm. but you have a unit of 20. Why am 20? I deep striking them? Because you're, you're thinking of Lucius. Son of a. Well, the thing, the deep striking is the safer bet because it will always work. Well, Oh, because they could potentially block you with Infiltrate, I guess. Well, and if you go second. Yeah. 
But like, oh, they're just hanging out there. That'd yeah. be pretty. Gnarly. Well, no, no, because you deploy them after you de- you you deploy them after the the who determines to go first. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. So it's it's a gamble, but when it works, a unit of twenty of these hits a screen, pretty much guaranteed to kill it. Like a unit of scouts or a like conscript, you will annihilate the whole unit with ease. And then they go super saiyan, and they're right in your opponent's face. Oh, I mean, it's game over, dude. That's that's extraordinarily difficult to overcome. Yes, they like, would have to shoot everything into that, and this is a. I guess at 18 points a model times 20, that's a pretty expensive unit. That's it's 360. A, no, that's it's 360. 360. Yeah. It's a gambler's uh, choice, but like Did that math right when there. it works, it's devastating. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. Now, a safer bet is the Corpus Gari Electro Priest. This is the shooting ones. And you take them in Lucius, you pay one command point, you deep strike 20 of them, and it's uh, 60 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, speaks Sixes for explode. Yeah. Exploding six. Strength five. And then that, that's speaking for itself, right? Like, that's a lot of DACA at strength five. In melee, it's the same thing. Um, that's a safe bet. Four points cheaper, too, which is a pretty yep. big selling point. Yep. 18 is, like you said, you can see why. They're ridiculously good. But if there's a, that scenario where the guy's like, I just like bolters, and he has like a thousand bolters, and you're like... Like my like my space marine army. Yeah, I'm just hanging out here in the open. They're gone. Yeah. They're, they're just gone. So okay. it's... The, the Electro Priests were kind of a joke last edition, and now they are they're extremely good. But they're a big they're a they're an all or nothing unit. I actually would prefer to hedge my bet a little bit and play take a unit of ten or multiple units of five, and play them a little bit more conservatively. But if you want to hang them out there, twenty. I'm the guy. I got a, a unit of twenty being painted up to deep strike. Lucius auxiliary. Are, are, one you, are you doing melee or shooting? Shooting. Oh, then yeah, you want to deep strike him. Yeah. Although the the shooting ones infiltrating are really good too because they move forward, shoot, and then charge. Yeah. But it's the same coin flip. Yep. Uh, bet. Uh, next up, we've got the walkers, and these are these are all stars. These guys are so good; it's ridiculous. You have the melee, the dragoon, and the balistari. They're both exceptional, extremely, extremely good. The dragoons, um, uh, they have the the uh, data tether. Broad spectrum, broad, broad spectrum data tether. There's a, a, a stratagem that gives them plus two to hit in melee, and the Ballastar have the same thing, plus two to hit with uh, shooting. So the Dragoons have exploding sixes. Their melee attack, strength eight, AP one, two damage, three attacks. They can go uh, exploding on four plus. It's a single Dragoon will like blow up a Rhino. Yeah. If you need him to. Uh, a full unit of six will kill damn near anything in the game and on the charge. And again... For whatever reason, the admech, their infiltrate and deep strike stuff works on their vehicles too. So you I'm can okay with you it, can yeah. infiltrate them. Uh, and the one that everyone's talking about is making him stygies to uh, either infiltrate them or to get a, a minus two to hit uh, outside of twelve. It's a visions. hard selling point because the other thing here too is if you do infiltrate them, they're not a good target. Like you said, it's minus two. You're getting the plus one cover probably from Canticles, and they're tough six six wounds, and and that's a lot of wounds, a lot of tough decent. So they're shooting everything into this thing they really don't want to because they know then you're going to charge and now you're in their face with things that just kill units or two per per assault or time up. It's they're very powerful. They're quick. I love the model. Um, they remind me of uh, I always think of uh, uh, Labyrinth. You know the little Muppet guys that ride on the like chocobo thing. I'm like that had to be the inspiration or part of it for these guys. Exceptional unit, the Ballastari, same thing. They can take a Cognus Last Cannon, Cognus Auto Cannon. Um, either choice is exceptional. Uh, they overwatch on a five plus. Um, 
They can no, also they can Overwatch advance, at full ballistic skill at the command point. They can advance and fire or Overwatch at full ballistic skill. Uh, and these guys, it's almost a no-brainer to take Stygies. Minus one to hit, they sit back and shoot. Take a little detachment of them, have a Dominus sit next to them to reroll ones to hit. Give them all last cannons or all auto cannons hitting on twos, rerolling ones. Minus one to hit, what's not to love? Yeah. Exceptional unit. Um, you're going to see a lot of those plug and played into other armies. <clears throat> and then, Jeff, why don't you take it away on the robots? Since oh, I'm such a big fan of the Castellans. Um, it's a, if you run the unit shooty, it's 660 for a full unit, which is expensive, but a steal to me. And one of the things that was kind of lacking for me in my other army is Terranids is I feel like at times, especially if the terrain's not very good, which we're seeing more tournaments do, which is great, if the other guy goes first and they just shoot into you, a lot of times you're either dead or so blunted that the rest of the game is like this really big uphill battle. Uh, I think with these codexes coming out, we're seeing the signs of life for why, ways that that can be mitigated. And the Castellans do this in spades. Tough seven, six wounds, three up save. They start in Aegis, which means they have a two up save, four up invul. On sixes, they're bouncing back mortal wounds, which doesn't you don't count on that, but it's such a nice little extra bonus. And then if you, you get the Canicles, again, with Call and Mars, you're reliably going down to a one-up save, um, which means basically all Daka does not want to go into it because A, they're probably not doing damage, and B, they're taking mortal wounds. So then they put the heavy stuff into you, but the heavy stuff also, you have very strong defense. And that ability to be like, this unit I can reliably weather a storm with is so unique, uh, but so awesome to the flavor of Admech and so fun for me because if I go first, their damage output, by the way, is not minuscule, minuscule either, especially in like a Donawar deployment. If you're within 36, I can double tap you for 108 shots. Hmm. I can put the uh, Wrath of Mars on it so that I'm that doing... That doesn't kick in until turn two. You know what? I'll sell for 54 and we'll go with the one away there next. I can do two command points to make them on a six deal out mortal wounds. So like I'm thinking a huge target like a knight. Sure, yeah. I'm wounding you on fives, but those sixes are just like seven eight nine wounds just off you just take it off you can't do anything and then you do your normal damage and there's another uh there's another stratagem or if you take destroyers next to them they both get plus one to hit so you could be hitting on threes with rerolls from call and the destroyers are also uh hitting on threes and hey they can't overheat with their plasma now because they're plus one to hit um it's, I love them. The damage output is mind-boggling. Eight-inch movement, which is decent. I, I very reasonably could have seen them moving at six because, like, the fluff is they're just big robots just kind of lumbering around. But that's really amazing because if you do the melee kit out, which Reese is partial to, now you have a, a unit that's got three attacks, strength 10, three damage flat. Uh, on a chase like this, it's very defensible. You can very reliably stay in the Aegis protocol. That is amazing. That's really, really good. Um, I just, I'm absolutely in love with them. I'm gushing. They're, they're an exceptional unit. Um, you can just leave them in the Aegis Protocol and go double fists. I actually think the melee version is the better version. Frankie agrees with me. Um, but with the, with the melee version, you can just run like a unit of two or three mm -hmm. and run them up the table in Aegis and then burn a command point, flip them into the double attack when you uh, like the turn before you're going to charge. And just leave them there because once they're stuck in, they're stuck in. Let's check the wording in the strategy because that one I think says immediately. No, it's it's a, it's at I think it's at the end of the movement phase. You can switch, and, and I it says I think it, it, it well, might we have be the book. We have the book right in front of us. And we got time, brothers. But I love them. Um, I'm doing a full unit for right now. The the strength six minus two, only one damage, but otherwise would be ridiculous. Is also very good. Use this strategy at the end of any phase to change the battle protocols. Of your castle and robot. So, uh, yeah, you could go full full Monty shooting on turn one, which is bananas because the damage output is absolutely 
insane. Now the downside to that, because I know a lot of people are going like, what? Like what, 108 shots that can do mortal wounds? Mm-hmm. Um, if you do flip the switch and turn them into shooting mode, again. you can never switch, they can't move, and if a grot gets in melee with them, they're not shooting. Someone will have yeah. to free him. Yeah. I like that though. That that's it, it I mean, imagine if you didn't have that and you were just like turn like so here's my plan. I run two units of it. I'm gonna nuke you. <laughs> and then the rest of the game is just us laughing. I like that there's a weakness in there. I think this codex and not we're not doing like a broad stroke just yet, we've got the owner to talk about, but there's a lot of that in there. I like what Reese is talking about the infiltrators, but imagine if they were fifteen points. Then it would be an auto take and that'd be stupid. At twenty six it's like borderline. There's a lot the priest bomb is cool, but there's answers for that as well. And a lot of codexes now have uh, interceptor with a stratagem. Yeah. Space Marines have it. These guys have it. But only infantry. Uh, but only infantry. But like for example, if you drop down a big unit of priests. Yeah. And I've got a heavy bolt or devastator squad or something. I'm like, oh yeah, hello, or you know, stern guard, something like that. And they're just like, kill half the unit before you even get to do anything. Yeah. So. Um, it's good though. You, these parody. things shouldn't automatically work. Right. Um, and then lastly, we've got the Doom Crawler, which, in my opinion, is one of the best main main battle tanks in the game. I, I absolutely love it. Um, they move and shoot with no penalty. They're reasonably durable. They're slightly more durable than a Rhino. They have a five plus plus, which obviously helps um, if they've got the canicles kicking in. They're, they have a two up armor save. Rerolling um, ones if they're next to another Onager. Rerolling ones on their impulse saves. Uh, cheap. Just a great unit. Uh, I think that the two weapon systems you're going to see predominantly are the Neutron Laser. It's a Demolisher Cannon with a a 48-inch range, so it's good. And it can move and shoot with no penalty. And the Icarus Array, I think, might be the better buy. Um, I think those two... It's close, though, which is really cool. And it's not even like a point differential. It's really like... I think the Icarus is perhaps worse, but in the meta, very good. So with your Mortarians, your Magnuses, hitting on twos and doing... More reliable damage is incredible, but D3 shots is a hard sell. So, like, next to Call, it's it could be three shots. It's strength 10, minus four, three D6 damage. I mean, he, he could one-shot Mortarian. The Neutron Laser, I think, is good if you take multiples of them. If you take one, you're going to have just the, the, the statistical curve is going to swing too much. Um, they may do nothing, and it may be amazing. If you're going to run Neutron Laser or Dune, uh, Dune Crawls, I would say take three. Yeah, and have a, a Dominus or Call nearby. Um, with the Icarus arrays, you get ten shots, so I think it's going to be the more like consistently yep. performing weapon system. But I think I would say you want to go Mars with Call to get four rerolls because they're minus one to hit, and then plus one against things that can fly. Which again, that's you know uh, crisis suits, jump packs, skimmers, etc. Um, but it's it, it it is an amazing um, unit, and of course you have your knights. Which, um, if you use them in an Adeptus Mechanicus army and you get their stratagems, they have amazing stratagems, plus one your invul save. Um, the four up anywhere is incredible. One of the big issues with knights, of course, is if they do get alpha struck, then you have this giant 500 point block of just death. But now, you can just be like four up invul everywhere, kind of like we used to have, only it's everything. I have to say, one of the, I mean, I'm sure we're talking about stratagems now, one of my favorite is auto blow up your vehicle. Yeah, it's incredibly good. That's amazing. Things like a chicken walker, you run it in there, it does its damage, you blow it up, it kills you. Um, another one for the, the vehicles, including the knights, is you can use your top um, stat bracket, even if you're, you know, two wounds left. Um, and then Knight of the Cog, uh, you can get Canicles of the Omnissiah for one command point. So you can have a two-up save on turn one. Nice. Or reroll once to hit, which he doesn't otherwise when get. Does he act, when do you get the stratagem? 
at the start of any battle round. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. That's ridiculous. So like yeah. literally if you're like, oh, I'm going second, your army's a big alpha strike, I'm going to go ahead and go with a two-up save. Yep. Or you can get reroll ones to hit. So it's like, people are like, oh, nice, didn't get anything. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. They got, they got, they got a lot. And it really behooves you, and it's cool for people who had like a um, um, uh, the war convocation. War con. You if you play like a war con, you're because you're only gonna have one night. You'll have enough strategy command points to actually take advantage of this stuff. Yeah, and I think it's a common pairing, anyways. People like big robots. They like the army that is all robots. Yeah. I mean, I have like nine knights. So I it's, love it. It's 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 awesome. This is such a good book. Yeah. You didn't get new models, which I, I do. I, I feel you. Yeah, people have been waiting for a transport or a flyer. I, I do get it. But the thing is with the, how fast these codexes are coming out, I don't think you can expect to get new models for everybody. Um, we're getting rules to let you get all your fun stuff, which I think that's pretty awesome. Um, there's tons of uh, warlord traits and mm -hmm. relics and just stratagems. They did get a tech priest. They did. Yeah. Which is not technically a new model. But so it's stop new. complaining. It's new to them. Boom. There's so much to love about it. I, I like that Mars seems like the go-to pick, and, and certainly maybe one of your detachments is Mars, but you can make an, a hell of a case for Styges. There's some really cool relics that we didn't get into as well, like a plus one command point on Gaia, which also has, like, there's there's options to be had, and I love that that basically I can have my army and be like, for this tournament, I think this is the best. Mm -hmm. I can't fit the Chicken Walker unit, which I'm going to fit into my list. Like, my current list, I don't have that in there, I will run the chicken walkers in a future list because that's so fun and so good. And Styges, minus two to hit. I feel bad for my orc friends. Uh, they just can't even shoot them. But then also I can infiltrate that and now I'm moving 10 and assaulting something with a unit. Like that's redonkulous. And you can make a list around that too. If you, if you want to get into the mega competitive thing, I'm like, well, I got a knight, two HQs, like one battalion, like six drops or, or seven drops, whatever it is, and just be like, yeah, I'm going to go first. Or... I'm going to have the plus one, so I have a more realistic chance to go first, and then I'm going to assault you with that? They're, 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 they're going to be extremely good. They're going to upset the meta. Um, they've got everything they need going for them. And, like, especially, like, the the, uh, the Ash Militarum that's really popular right now, oh. this army will just run through them like a hot knife through butter. If you've got uh, Dune Crawlers that are Styges, mm -hmm. and they're minus one to hit, and you have a really good save, all that artillery is going to do nothing. And then all your HQs repair the crap out of them. And you can make a guy um, do D3 plus one with a reroll uh, repair. So it's like, oh, you did five damage to me. Oh, boop, 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 four back. Nothing, like nothing to a boss. But then their weakness, which I, I actually do like as well. And in seventh, the way I curbed this was having uh, summoning with a Libby Conclave because this was my issue. And I think this is a, a good weakness with Adeptus Mechanicus is they don't get around the table very well. So they have tools, like Reese was talking about the Deep Strike Infiltrators, Chicken Walkers are fast, that kind of stuff. But if, if it's a big terrain table and, and you've got MSU and you're hiding behind stuff and hugging objectives, I don't have Ignore's cover. I don't have Ignore's line of sight. I don't have artillery. So that's where you're going to see people probably supplementing with artillery and that kind of stuff, perhaps. Or deep striking and infiltrating units to get out there and do that. We're using infiltrators. Yeah, because your, your biggest weakness, I think, with the ADMEC in the competitive meta is going to be Alpha Strike melee armies. Uh, things like uh, Alpha Legion, uh, Berserkers, the Terminator Bomb, um, things of that nature, like infiltrating Raven Guard uh, that, that go first, they, uh, you, you don't have a lot of defenses against that. So you need to be very wary of that. Like if you have a six-unit castle and robot uh, destruction and doom uh, unit 
a unit of 20 berserkers that are charging you on turn one, that unit's gone. Well, you have to screen. Yeah, you, you have to have screens, but you don't really, you don't have the best screens. And I think that's cool because they do need a weakness. Um, Rangers are your best bet. Vanguard are your best bet. But they're not cheap. Um, and they do die relatively easily. So 80 you, points for unit 10? Pretty, I mean, I, I'm a Terran guy, so I'm used to paying like 900 points for a monster that dies to everything else. But, but you also get exceptional screen units too. Right? Like you have fearless, cheap screens. You can't ask for much. They're really that. good at dying. Sure, but the Termagants are one of the more effective screens in the game. They're up there with Brimstones. I think that's what everyone's saying, for sure. <laughs> this guy. This is a top competitive podcast this, right this now. This guy. Well, Brim- the, the, Termagants are a problem. Can we just can we just address that right now? You put a Devil Gun out there. I'm not saying a problem, <laughs> Mister Jokey Pants. I'm just saying that point for point, what you get. For especially being fearless, it's exceptional. Yeah. It's extremely good. They're really good, man. Um, as a, in the screen world. But with Admech, you don't really have that, right? So you need to be aware of that. Like, how are you going to stop um, a unit from tank getting engaged in combat with you and stopping you from shooting? Because that is going to be the biggest difficulty that you have to overcome with this army. Cool. Great. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, make sure to check out FLG for more uh, coverage. Make sure to tune in tonight at 5 p.m. Mm. Pacific Standard Time. We will have Mr. In Control, I'm Kind of Funny Robinson playing Adeptus Mechanicus versus Frankie's Death Guard. So a battle of the new armies. Uh, I'm going to see Morty. Is Morty going to continue to just rain terror across the board? He will not. If Frankie keeps making that many saves, it's going to be I have crunched great. the numbers. I've asked my – I've looked at the zeros and ones, mm-hmm. and it's pretty in hand. Did you this. burn incense to the holy cogitator? I, I told you I consulted the zeros and ones. You can't do that without burning the proper incense. If I, if I were to go to that without pleasing the Onisaya, then I wouldn't be standing here today. Okay. All right, so in other news, the Horus Heresy is finally approaching the zenith of the story. Yeah. A Siege of Terra is about to commence. 11 years, 45 books. And I've read them all. Yeah. Shut the, no, I'm current on the, on the 45th. You've read all of the books. Yes. I've read most of them. Wow. I've read like A two. lot of them are good. A lot of them are Suck. not. I do like this. This right here is exciting. It's fun. It's a part of the history that usually like it gets to like the Horus Heresy, Emperor Kill. Like it just gets to, it goes there. But this is like delving into the situation that made Chaos confident that they were going to storm the gates and get there. Um, right now I'm reading the White Scars one, Path to Heaven, I think it's called. It's pretty cool. The White Scars are an interesting, awesome chapter. Yeah, and Jakarta Khan is supposed to be one of the more badass, like, mono mono fighters. And he squares off with Mortarian in this book, by the way. They awesome. are the two yeah. that are at odds. It's a good book. I read that one. That is awesome. So get excited for that. It'll be awesome to see how the Emperor and Horus interact. Hopefully they hand the baton to ADB. They did. Well, you say this. Aaron Dembski Bowden wrote the book that is the Emperor. About the Emperor, book. yeah. Did you read it? I have not, but I heard it's The good. one that has the Emperor. It's pretty good. Where they actually talk about him like fighting. Have they, you read that he's one fighting. He talks. Yeah. It, it mostly is the labyrinth below the palace that's dealing with the back door that yeah. chaos is coming through. Because it's in that book, right? Where he's he's fighting with the Khan. The Khan's just like, oh my god. Like, watching him fight. He's like, can't Yeah, well he him. ends. It, it, it's like, yeah. it's a funny moment. It's, it's like a Gilliman moment where at the end of the book he's like, enough! And he like shows up and just like, wah, 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 and they're all gone. And he's like, now! Back to my studies. And we're like, thank you, Emperor. But, uh, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> yep. But most of the book is custodes, and I love, or yeah. custodies. I don't, people tell me both. But they are 
so cool. Like it's huge because Space Marines. Anyway, I'm, I'm dragging on. I know it's really good. It's really good. It. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Adeptus Custodians are, are really. I read all the books. I love really them. cool. Uh, new Forge World doors available for both Blood Angels and Dark Angels coming mm-hmm. from Forge World. So if you want to spice up your ride, if you want to, can I further break your podcast? They announced that Dan Abnett's working on another Eisenhorn book. By the way, nice. Did you not have that on here? I did not. Yeah, good. You're dragging us down. Like a, yeah. like a little weight tied around my. I'm so foot. excited. That's awesome. No, that is really cool. And uh, Forge World, or I'm sorry, Games Workshop previewed some of the new models that are going to be available for pre-order this coming weekend, September 23rd. And of course, as soon as they are up for pre-order, you can get those at a discount from Frontline Gaming. The uh, the new ones are the what are they called? The Blight Shroud, Blight Lord Terminators. Plague fart. Pl- <laughs> like just go through the words. So it's like plague blight. Syphilitic fart. Necronot, you know, bad. <laughs> Necrotized. Sickness stalkers. Boon, yeah. Bubonic balls. I don't know. Can I say? Blight Lord I, Terminators. Let me add amazing. some real to this. I don't like Typhus there. No. He looks like he is going to. He's fat. Such he like goofy. got fat. There's like babies and bats on him and shit. But he looks like he's like just came out. He looks like a Tuscan Raider. Like, <laughs> it's just. I imagine, him, I imagine him with like, like laser lights in the background. Yeah, some some peppy music. <laughs> I I don't know. The Mortarian model is gorgeous. I love uh, Frankie and Brian doing a great job with it. But like in the books, the Death Guard are like foreboding, really dark, really dire. Like every every time they're like, "Hey, brother, how's the battle?" He's like, "Everyone is dying and sex." <laughs> like that's their like. And then Mortarian's always like this, just like uh, exudes just darkness. And then in, and then they release him, and they're like. It looks like it's a party in Nurgle's garden. They're like, everyone's welcome. It's grand. Don't breathe in the air or do. And they're like just fluttering around. It's like, where did this come from? Yeah, that's the feeling I get. <laughs> like, I've got a little beetle. His name's Benjamin. And it's yeah. just like, they're just like fluttering around. I don't get it. And that was kind of the it's feeling. family friendly. And it, but it, uh, it's, you know, a maybe lot they of just it, turned the happy. Paint, the paint jobs on their models are always It's so too bright. If you so painted them in dark colors, it'd be all right. Typhus, I don't know. I, mean, smoke I would trim like off a lot of that. Blue. And then it's kind of cool. I mean, I like the aesthetic choices, except for all the little, like, animals and shit that are on them. But the, I can see, like, a Cinderella plague marine. Like, she's sitting there stroking a squirrel, but it's like a zombie squirrel. I don't know. Yeah. But, I, but to I, be I fair, got, I, got, I, got I saw Frankie's army. It looks cool. If you do paint it yeah. darker, it looks like a shambling horde of, of Normally, like, plague zombies. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It, the, the Terminators are great. Let's yeah. leave it at that. Are they better than Grey Knight Terminators? Yeah. Uh, what would you take? <laughs> you tell me, Jeff. You got infiltrators in one hand. You got Grey Knights. Yeah. yeah. No, they're pretty good. So it's the like, oh, I lost my foot from diabetes. You're like, well, at least is it better than having Grey Knight Terminators? So like, yeah, you're right. It's up there. I'll shut up now. Between the two. Because you do have another foot. Yeah. And you, if you have the Grey Knight Terminators, you only have the Grey Knight Terminators. That's the rubric. Yes. Like, oh, I'm getting divorced. You're like, well, you could also have well, some Grey Knight Terminators. I got like, oh, yeah, Jason's like, I do have Grey Knight Terminators, actually. Uh-huh. He's like, ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I painted them in everything. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Age of Sigmar is announcing the coming of the Firestorm campaign. This is going to be really cool, not only because it's an awesome uh, campaign with maps, removable stickers, which is pretty neat. Thank God. And you, you could like take over territories as you play the game with your friends. There's all kinds of fun rules for the campaign, but there's also match play rules for Allegiance Armies. This is something completely new. What's one of the really fun rules here, Reese? Well, Jeff, I'm glad you asked. Um, the Allegiance armies, what they do is they let you choose from multiple different factions 
but count as one uh, one faction mm. for the purposes of the rules. And then they give you allegiance abilities, some of which are crazy. Yep. Some of the ones they've showed off so far, Anvil Guard is one of these uh, uh, allied factions. Uh, in each hero phase, roll a die for each enemy unit that is within one inch. On a roll of a five or more, the enemy unit must make a six-inch move, can't run. After the move is completed, any enemy models from the unit that are within three inches of Anvil Guard models are slain. I know that sounds very convoluted, but you force people to move away, and if they can't get away, they die. Yeah, it doesn't sound convoluted. It's it sounds terrible. Crazy. It sounds bad. So what if you can surround them? You surround them and go, roll that dice play. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, so let me get this straight. On a five? Yep. And they're like, yeah. And yeah. GW in that article specifically said, it's great because you can take your Stormcast Eternals, which deep strike, and you just deep strike them around them. <laughs> like, thanks. What fun! Roll the dice, my friend. Yeah. It's... Uh... But hang on. Surely this next one must be just as powerful. No, that one is the craziest one. Yeah. So the Pride of Hammerhall. Hammerhall is the faction that... That's like Sigmar, where Sigmar lives. Like, that's the main HQ of the good dudes. Um, and they're very brave, which is very fitting. Very brave. Hmm. So they add one to the bravery of their uh, all models. Exciting. If there are twice as many enemy models as you have of uh, your own army, you get plus two. If there's three times as many, you're fearless, which in this game is crazy because in uh, uh, bravery, it matters a lot in Age of Sigmar. You guys die left and right from running away. I mean, unless you're all at five, bro. And then you just pull them off. Uh, alert and forewarn, you add two inches to the move characteristic of units in the Tempest Eye army in the first battle round. Add four to the move characteristic instead if the unit can fly. In addition, add one to save rolls uh, from your entire army in the first battle round. Yep. That's kind of good. Very good. sounds like Adeptus Mechanicus territory. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. And, but it, it, again, though, in Age of Sigmar, uh, you're a badass if you have a four-up save. Yeah, the biggest heroes have like four up saves. Four so if you have up, a three up, you're just like, you're like oh my god, what the hell yeah. is this? So going up, so your average dude goes from like a six to a five. Or, it, it makes a tremendous difference. And um, these are good to go in match play. This is really going to change the Age of Sigmar competitive play landscape. Yeah. You're going to see this really impact the way the game is played. God, those are beautiful mats too. Ooh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Who so, makes those? Oh, well, so, it's a group of guys who's, whose intellect is matched only by their good looks. A guy named Jersey Larry. Jersey Larry. Jersey Larry. <laughs> that crafty old kook. <laughs> He's always wearing that hat. I like his hat. The it things he him. does with cardboard are just incredible. He's a magician. Indeed. So we have a bunch of new FLG mats that have come out and during the September Super Sale. These are at a discount. And again, free shipping, $99 and up within the continental United States. But we've got uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Urban School, mm -hmm. uh, Urban Plague in our, our uh, very popular urban series mm -hmm. available in 4x4, Field Base mm -hmm. in 4x4, uh, Ancient Alien Ruins Winter, and uh, Non-Winter. Or the AARP, by the way. Dude, yeah. the, I didn't even think about that. But that's you should have called it Pinter. The details on these mats are awesome. Yeah, They're they look gorgeous. so good. Uh, and then we, of course, have the larger size urban mats as well. Interstellar City, some fun stuff. Make sure to jump in there and check it out. Uh, really, really cool mats. What's your least favorite mat, Reese? Let's get, my, let's get real on this. Which my least, least favorite, favorite mat, that is a good question. My least favorite mat He's is... like, it's tough because I like them all so equally and they're all so fantastic, but... It's like a job interview. What are yeah. your weaknesses? I just work too much. Yeah. I'm an overachiever. I work too hard. And I don't ever do anything wrong. Uh, my least favorite mat... Um, I don't know. That's why I come on the podcast, it. guys. I shake you don't it up. We shoot down the designs we actually really don't like. You like them all. It's fine. There's ones that yeah. are rejected. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I'll stop my head. That's a tough one. Yeah. 
We reject a lot. There's, yeah, there's some that come in and we're like, nice try. Come back and... Uh, like, why don't come, you take that to one of those other companies? Revise that one and we'll look at it again. Uh, if you're looking at the show notes, we have the terrain train continues. Looks to, good. Is that like a one single table of terrain right there? Um, that's what's absolutely. heading. That's, oh, that, that shot with all the stack. That's how everything should be. You guys are outside doing some of this too, taking your hobby outside. Thank you. Thank you. There's tons of terrain that we're making for the event, obviously. Uh, a lot of it's ITC. Uh, I also spent two days cutting hills. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one is really cool. I like the Necron terrain. That's the best one that I've that's seen. That's rusted and beat up. Yeah. And it's going to go on the Badlands map or Mars. That's crazy. That it's awesome. There's some really creative stuff coming. And then there's what Reese did, which is about 100 freaking giant hills. Cutting. That's old school. That, yeah. That's Martinez. You know oh, what, man. though? Thank you for doing yeah. that. Uh, I know you guys already gave shout out to Nova, but like the terrain there made that an enjoyable experience for yes. me. This looks phenomenal. If you're running a tournament eighth or attending one, you actually need to look ahead and see what terrain they have because, yeah. especially with this Adeptus Mechanicus launch, I'm like, I'm looking at this and I go, if there's not terrain, there's certain lists out there. Where I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be fun, and there's no, yeah. there's nothing I can say to you. I'll just be like, it's just so many shots. I'm rerolling misses, and it's damaged. Yeah. You know, you need the, this. So the this is robots. Great. If you go first and you have clear on the site with that super robot unit, the game is not going to be fun. It's becoming very Infinity like with Warhammer yeah. Forty Thousand, where it's such, it's it's part of the game at that point. <clears throat> train. If you talk to any Infinity player, the first thing they're going to talk to you about is train. train. Yeah. Like out of their mouth, the first exact thing they're going to. Is terrain and it's getting to that point with 40k i feel because yep. there's so much that like if you if someone goes first oh yeah you just get blown off the board Unless and then you you're just like well this is great now i'm down yeah. you know 40 percent of my army here we go turn one you, um, you, you have to yeah. be able to hide and that's why i spent probably killed brain cells cutting that foam but right. uh thank you for that though yeah you're welcome you know, i have something to spare you know it's worth it you do that's the way that works right <laughs> so uh, and this is really simple right like i spent 150 bucks total to get pink insulation foam. I know there's a tutorial on our site about how to make these. It's really easy to do. Hmm. You get a hot wire cutter. It's like 25 bucks, 30 bucks. Uh, uh, Sit cross legs, just go to town. Regular glue, uh, latex house paint, and sand. Like kitty litter will work. Mm-hmm. Oof. And you cut these out and then you make them tall. You make them uh, long and girthy. Mm-hmm. And you have two or three of them on a table. And you'll completely change the way the game is played. Yeah. Because uh, you can hide, it makes movement matter, it makes assault viable. So I definitely recommend it if you're trying to get terrain for your community, uh, your uh, event, whatever the case may be. This is the cheapest way that I know of to get terrain that looks good and does the trick. So we have a bunch of events coming up this weekend for the ITC. We have the No Retreat 5 in Gibraltar. These are supposed to be incredible events. We've been invited. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to go. It's hard to get out to Gibraltar. It is. This time of year. I've seen that in a few Risk games, though. I believe it's a... It's yeah, Gibraltar Madagascar, usually... Think, right? um, is, no. Isn't that like Australia where it's the last no. patch? Yeah. yeah. We're both right on this one, Jason. Gibraltar is... A, it's an English territory that's... Oh, get the, out of here. The There's a rock So it's by Hong too. Kong, then, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So, but this event is really cool. Yeah, it's like invitation only. Your army has to be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you have to, it's like you have to get like recommended, and then they send you... This crazy like invitation that like opens yeah. up and yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. If you like follow him on Facebook, it's really cool. I it do. It sounds like a scam. It's no, not. It's, it's spins, really cool. Like this, he comes out of pocket. The local of like Gibraltar is like you know it's like a, a gated community like size. So it's like the new local news comes out and, and like was, interviews all the players. Was gated. Yeah. Community. Did you hear that too? When he said that, I was like, wow, this podcast has gone off hey, the rails assume. a little bit. It's like a gay community. I'm like, don't wow, assume, is that small? It's is that... gated. Are you community. are you assuming my community? Right here? I appreciate that. Hey, HR. 
Uh, we're good I'm, friends though. We both heard uh, that. We just kind of went, let's go with it. Let's not, let's not. <laughs> Reese did for about four seconds and it was like, was it's like, gated. Uh, so yes, a small community. The local news does come out. <laughs> yeah. To the event. Small community. Yeah. Uh, and follow them on Facebook if you don't, because they like do player profiles. So they're like player five, you know, Tom Smith from England. And they'll like have like a picture of them and then like, yeah, the showcase their army. It's, it is um, really neat. It's like the most professional the mail thing. Or something. Something. Yeah, you're not that good though. Jeff has not gotten the invitation. Frankie, not. Frankie and I got invited. Yeah. So, not like, me though. They were scrapping they're like, the bottom of that barrel. Go? Reese and Frankie like in parentheses. I'm like, oh. Um, and to kind of a cool little side note, the guy that runs it also is an active um, MMA fighter. He's actually won, won his last couple fights. Very cool. Good so, for him. Cool dude. Uh, another one, the Rise of the Primark GT in Glendale, Arizona. Not quite Gibraltar. Not as cool. But really cool. Gibraltar. And we'll actually be there. Jeff might actually come to I too. might go. Yeah. Which, you know, eh, take the eh. good with the bad. You know I mean, what everyone's saying? going except for me on this one. Yeah, They're not I thought stopping you were going to come. Uh, I got other stuff. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be invited to turn you down. That's all, really. That's he all just, I want. He just got a motorcycle and he's just like, thinks he's the coolest dude ever. Getting his tattoos. That just, is cool. I'm just so working you too, on it. man. You all you guys. Yeah. Uh, 40k ITC current top ten number one. Nick Donavati jumped back into first place. Well done, Andrew Gagne jumped into second place with his uh, quite impressive victory at Nova Open. Sam Henley in Victories. third. Uh, Ian Andrew is in fourth. Adrian Gennard is in fifth. Paul McKelvey in sixth. Aaron Along in seventh. Tyler Devry in eighth. Brandon Grant in ninth, and Andrew Ford in tenth. A lot of movement this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Age of Sigmar rankings. Currently, number one, Sam Valdez. Vlad Nika in second. Zach Lopez. There's a guy third. named Vlad playing Age of Sigmar. Vlad Nika? Good for he's him. He's from Transylvania. <laughs> That's so no, he's sick. Not. He I, I don't care. He, tell no, he me is. he plays... Ne- uh, he's not. He's from Romania. He has to play vampires. Sure? He's not from Transylvania. I'm pretty sure. He, I think he's from Romania. Okay. He came... Same. Like, yeah, the same. guy's like super smart and he like, came over with like a, some sort of like engineering or science like uh, scholarship or patronage. Yeah, but from uh, there, I mean, that's like middle school education. <laughs> his name is Vlad. Does he not play vampires? No, unfortunately. What a missed offer! If my, are you kidding me? If my name was Swarmlord, oh yeah. my god! I know he could. Vlad, he's too. like, what do you play? Dwarfs, actually. I'm a big fan of the little guys. Are you a vampire fan, Vlad? No, why do you ask? <laughs> Vlad the Imperial Nika. One of the top dwarf players. What are you doing? I'm sorry, Vlad. He's a super nice guy. He's not listening to this. He's building a bridge. (laughs) He's He's engineering. James Thomas in fourth. (laughs) Michael Birch in fifth. Jared Zizwana in sixth. Josh Harvey seventh. Tyler Hamill in eighth. David Rogers in ninth. All caps. caps. All caps. We have not changed that. I like this list. It's like... And Matthew Pashby in tenth. Nine of the whitest names you've ever seen in your life. Then there's Vlad Nika in... (laughs) And that list just does not change. It's like the same ten people, and it Josh just like Peters slowly. Tad <laughs> Hamilton. Tad Hamilton. <laughs> I've been collecting this army since the mid nineties. Biff. Tad <laughs> Goldman. <laughs> like Vlad Mika. What? Biff, Biff Smith. <laughs> Dick Buffman. Uh, Frankly, I like the new Firestorm rules. When you surround someone, they should die. <laughs> Says David Smith of From- Central Texas. <laughs> Oh, here's some pictures of the latest FLG commission. It's an absolutely beautiful Harlequin commission. One of the best looking armies oh we've ever God. made. Yeah. And uh, definitely take a look at this. 
consider us for your next commission. If you would like to get more information, go to flgpaintstudio.com mm -hmm. and check it out. We have our uh, portfolio and the gallery of projects up there. But this Harlequin Army is truly outstanding. It's important to note too, a lot of my, uh, the people in my community always ask about this, but like you can order models through them saving money and then have it commissioned and they'll send it to you. Yeah. You can send models in, they will paint them and send them back. Right. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to be local to California. You can do this yeah. anywhere really. They'll send in their models and uh, get it done that way. Or sometimes they'll buy, you know, Forge World model and have yep. it shipped to us. Yeah. But um, it's a really good way to get your army on the table. And if you sell anything in a secondhand shop, uh, you can use that money mm -hmm. as credit towards a paint commission. Very cool. So you can actually turn yeah. your old army into a new army. Yeah. That's actually becoming very popular. Yep. All right, well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. The show ran a little bit long. Uh, we're going to jump in and answer a couple questions before we uh, take off. And everyone, <laughs> Transylvania is in Romania? Yeah, is see? I did not know that. God, you're so ignorant. I'm actually really good with geography, and I, that is news to me. Watch out, Jeff. He's oh, watching. and he does play vampire accounts. Yeah. And he is and listening. He's and he's Damn live it. commenting. All of this. Then Perfect. that's good. Thank yes. you. This guy's awesome. I, he's I don't know Age fan. of Sigmar, but I'm a fan. He um, came in and beat us all in one tournament. Vlad has literally beat all of us. I, that's all, well, his that. name's it's awesome. Uh, Novastar says, Typhus looks like he's just casted a super ritual. I'm embarrassed. I didn't know that Transylvania was in Romania. Uh, did you miss the Admic talk? Yes, but you can watch this video for free at its conclusion, so just moments from now. And if there was any lag, you guys post up the video anyways, which will be free of that too later, if I'm not mistaken. Agridavidos sure. says, Garo foresaw the terrible Typhus model, and that's the reason why he left the Death Guard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh It's really bad. You know what? It, it, it reminds me of uh, Belial. Has, it, has anyone remember that model? You know what? But that guy can be kooky. That's fine by me. He's a, he's a mad doctor. Who? <clears throat> Belial. No, Belial's the Deathwing Terminator. Wait, who am I thinking? Bile, Fabius Bile. I'm thinking of You're thinking of Fabulous, Fabulous Bile. Fabulous Bile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is the current guard stuff that's dominated the meta Elysians um, on GW0? You have to wait and see. You'll um, find out soon enough. Rivet one of a kind who has been just on a rampage <laughs> telling everybody about how bad Admech are. Yeah. Just kidding, buddy. Uh, but well, he no, is. no, he's doing that right now in the chat. Okay. Yeah, he literally is. Um, it's okay. You need to have somebody like that. Yes. It's a counterbalance. Um, I did not say Rustalkers are so good. I said that I thought that they were a playable unit. What was the the soundboard that you guys were gonna do of, of Reese's stuff? You were on that train for a little while. Uh, who could make good allies for Shooty Admech? I think Guard is obviously the one that comes to mind because yeah. you take conscripts. Gilliman, I mean, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Gilliman pairs with them. Unfortunately, he gives more command points, which they want. Well. They, they need a lot of those. Yeah, um, Grey Knights would be good. Grey Knights are a fantastic not like, uh, but moral support. Like, not you wouldn't play them, but you're like, I also play Grey Knights, so your opponent's like, oh, okay, this is not that yeah, bad. Yeah, so then. if you're just smacking them, you're like, you know what, I play Grey Knights, dude. And he's like, okay, well. I've been in your position. Fine. Yeah, but really with uh, Admech, especially if you're going shooty Admech, you want units that will screen you and go get objectives. So take your choice. Um, whichever one you want, uh, however you want to do that. Have you seen Primaris Marines on tournaments? Yes, actually. Reese was able to, in the Invitational, cherry-pick a Game Workshop employee that took a Primaris Marine army and got himself a first-round victory. That's nice. actually not true. Well, uh, which I part? Because that seems like it was all pretty true. They threw the gauntlet down, and I picked it up. Yeah. I didn't know what he was playing until we got there. Um, Cara Quinn, what happened to our 2x2 two two display maps? Well, they're not 2x2. Two two. Um, they're going to be 24x14. 24 by 12 by or 14. 14. It's one of those two. And they're on the way. Um, we are just, they're, we're getting them made as we speak. Yeah. Um, 
maybe Typhus would look better with a dark paint job, says Captain Salt. Yep. Probably. Uh, we're considering a forge roll ban. We're not. Um, uh, a lot of tournaments are because there are some serious challenges with forge rolled. I think everybody's aware of that. Whether it be uh, typos or mm. um, units not having XYZ or being too cheap or too powerful. Um, so are you there, considering anything with forge rolled for? So like uh, LVO down the road. We have the, the power level thirty two ban in place. For our events, it's a recommendation from the ITC. It's not an ITC rule. Um, but we're hoping with chapter approved, which Games Workshop said is going to adjust the points of a lot of models, including Forge World, that we won't have to use it anymore. So we'll keep a, we'll, we'll just wait and see. Uh, but we are not, um, we're not banning Forge World. Uh, we like using it. It's just like, like I said, there's a few problematic units that present some pretty serious challenges. You'd say um, we have no plans to ban Forge World. We do not. Make yourself safe, because what if they... They keep getting more ridiculous, and then you do ban something. Well, more someone will show this video and be like, wait, so they're I, I, <laughs> I'm confident things are going to get better. We just, there's only a couple of units that really cause a lot, like 90% of the issues. So, And it's up to the individual TOs to make yep. a call, too. So if, you yep. have, if you're a TO and you want to run an event, and you feel very strongly about banning it, then do it. So it's up mm. to you. you know. Yeah, and, a lot, and as a compromise, a lot of events are saying all Forge World units are 0 to 1, which, as these things go, I, I think like is, is fair. Um, and then, uh, but then I think you really, the, the one that we are really like, you should probably do this, the power level ban, because the things that get really off the rails with Forge World are the big boys. Um, that's where it really gets wonky. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's up to the individual TO in their community. Uh, so anyway, guys, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up. Make sure to join us again tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we're going to see Jeff playing the new AdMac versus Frankie playing the new Death Guard. Will Mortarian's Reign of Doom continue? It's going to be a fun game. It's just going to come down to whether Frankie has got magic in those dice and keeps making those saves. Or you just mortal wound him down. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, salty Banana, keeping us salty. <laughs> and Vlad, we're sorry for... No! For getting, for <laughs> you getting, are sorry. Jeff's not sorry. Don't lump us in here. Wrong. All right, guys, thank you so much, and we will talk to you later tonight. Bye, guys.